and welcome to the Line Break Podcast. My name is Chris Corlew, and someone let this person into my house today. With me, as always, it's my co-host, Bob Sikora. We're, re- we're really here this time. Not we're, just, we're here. We're really here. We're actually physically here. I'm usually looking at you while right. we're talking, but right. now I'm... I'm looking at you yeah. while we're talking. <laughs> I might actually look at you a little bit less because I like have weird. No, there is something person. weird about like directly talking to you in person. Yeah. Um. <laughs> we are we are we are full analog today. We're we're like um, we're leaning into the live show aspect of this, even though it's just the two of us and there's no crowd. We are one room, one microphone. Um, uh, this isn't even a proper recording room. Like this room doesn't have doors. <laughs> So, do you think there are people who actually like turn off podcasts because of audio issues? Have you ever turned off a podcast? Ooh, of audio I have not been able to sit through one. There's been one. There's been at least one. I feel like a few. The first thing that more came to my mind was like there was one time where this big road trip, and I was like, I'm gonna do some audio books, and just some of them are you know, like, a, you know, it's a little bit like the voice acting more in the sound quality, but it's just like one of those things like, oh my gosh, this is the worst thing. I can't sit through it. I can, I've had the trouble with audio books right. with voice acting just being rough. But, but I like, do think I have actually had a podcast audio be so What What was the issue? How bad? Because there's, reno- my neighbors are renovating. We're going to hear that. <laughs> I've never turned off a podcast because I heard construction work in the background like twice. Right. Not that. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be more of a levels thing where like voice too loud, too too low that would do it for you me. know yeah um yeah i'm trying to remember it's been a while since this has happened yeah technology's gotten better for a uh, home podcast technology's <laughs> gotten better for sure <laughs> or like we figured out uh what is actually necessary to do this on the, the level that we're doing <laughs> right, right i've never had any formal training for audio recording and i'm not going to start now <laughs> but i have been audio recording since i was like 15 right so. there's yeah. that there's that. Yeah. Spot, how are you finding Chicago? Do you like it? Oh. <laughs> um, I was telling someone yesterday how I don't like sit around at home going, oh, I miss Chicago. I wish I was back in Chicago. I'm very, very happy with the, the little life I've been building in Kansas City. Um, but it is... And, and, you know, a lot of this appreciation is a product of I lived here for so long, but right. getting off the train and just being like, oh, I can go do this city. I know where to go. I know how to go. Right. Um, you know, I I rode the Amtrak into the city. I rode the L downtown. I grabbed Perfect. a rental bike. Like, I just had Perfect. a fantastic first day um, being back, you know, hit some of the old stomping grounds. It I love that it's familiar, even though I know it's changing a lot of ways. Yeah. It rules. It undeniably rules. It, it, one could argue. <laughs> over everything. Chicago over everything. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're here. This, this is, we've talked about doing this for a long time, but right. we haven't been able to line it up in the history of the show. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> we're going to be, we're going to be wrestling book pages, and I'm not going to edit it out. It's going to be great. It's, it's going to be a great episode. I hope so. <laughs> Uh, any more Chicago things before we dive into poems? You know, Chicago rules. Chicago rules. I, you rode the Lakefront Trail. I rode the Lakefront Trail. It was so good. Came here in July, which is the right time to come. I, you are suddenly this huge July fan, <laughs> and I just, I'm pretty sure that's not the best take. <laughs> I did. I was telling Bob yesterday, 
I've realized recently that I think July is my favorite month, but this doesn't apply if you don't live in Chicago. <laughs> Dear friend of the show, Chloe Ann Clark, was talking in the Cotton Xenomorph chat the other day about yeah. how it's 110 or whatever <laughs> right now. Or Gosh. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's, it's pretty lovely here right now. Um, God, the lake rules. I wanted to dive in. We went in uh, two days before you got here. It was great. <sighs> So good. It's great. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. Well, you traveled with poems. I did. I did. Let's read a poem. Let's read a poem. Let's read a poem. Uh, your cat Kima is staring at me, yeah. which is great. She, uh, you are behind the birds. Uh, you're in front oh, of the birds. So I, am... I think she's looking out the yeah, birds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. It's funny. This is somehow, it, I'm like, how do we do this when we're in person? <laughs> As if we don't just do the same thing every <laughs> time we do this. Um, I'm going to read a poem uh, from the debut collection by Alina Pleskova called Tosca, and the poem is called Dura, and I'm going to get into it. When the universe winks, I wink back reflexively, as now part-time lover on the taxi radio and my head half out the window, grinning at bleached sky on waterway this life caught in a protracted moment of buffering. The song's talk of illicitness and discretion rings quaint. An affair, in its exactitude, marks the lover as wrong, full stop. A useless gauge if the stakes aren't so linear as here. In Dirac, the player left holding cards is deemed the fool. There's no option to fold if you foresee it. Wait for defeat or play like you don't know it's coming. I haven't decided to leave you yet, but I can envision it today in this pocket of bliss, my body hazed with your brackish stink. Last week, I tried to lose a man at the gallery, but he kept appearing, palm on my back, to ask what I thought. I thought only of a lost capacity to ignore discord for carnality's sake. Dura, Dura, sang Vadim, when I lost. The table laughed and so did I. That's how it goes. I don't know I'm Dura until the universe winks and I squint to determine whether it's an illusion, as if knowing alters the outcome. <laughs> what a poem, man. Right? So good. Right? Uh, like I, I skimmed it before you came over and then just hearing you reading out loud was just like man <laughs> I'm also like fully un, unprepared I chose this poem this morning I started reading this book like earlier in the week um, so yeah it's that, that kind of thrill of like first time I read it I knew I liked it this morning being like alright I gotta choose one reading it and being like this totally works reading it out loud being like there's still you know like the poem is still uh, un, revealing itself to me yeah you know yeah well, and I think it, it stacks itself really well. Yeah. Like the first line, the first stanza, it's, it's a series of um, couplets. Uh, mm -hmm. The first stanza, when the universe winks, I wink back reflexively. That really carries throughout the rest of the book. Right. It kind of builds on like those themes like really well. Right. Um, so that when I, you know, when you, when you, when you read it and you flip back to look, look at it, you're like, oh, 
Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's announcing itself off. The I was just gonna say, I love that like way. certainty of like I'm gonna announce what this poem is about, and right. it's it's all gonna be there. <laughs> yeah. But but it, but with that with that opening line, you're announcing it, but it's that could go so many different places. Mm-hmm. The places mm-hmm. that it goes are, uh, um, yeah, awesome. Yeah. But uh, we let's 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 do the first question. Why this why this poem? Yeah, um, I mean, I guess the short answer is um, I just. I got this, I got this book from the library. I uh, another Bob uh, Kansas City Public Library request. Nice, nice. Um, and I read. Uh, I was at my girlfriend's uh, family's house, her parents' house, uh, this week, and we're like on their patio. Everyone's just kind of reading, and I open up the first poem in this collection, and I'm just like, God, <laughs> damn, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Alina is a poet that, you know, has been friendly online. I'm trying to remember when I, like, first heard of her. Yeah. I remember when she announced the book, and I was like, we're adding that to the list. This is going on a library request. And I heard her on the American Poetry Review podcast recently, which is not one I normally listen to. I'm not sure if it was, like, I searched for it or Twitter showed me. Um... But her, another poem in this book, which has a great title, can I find it really quickly? They published, it's called Sacred Bath Bomb. Nice. Um, great and, title, great title. Yeah, great title. And the interview was just like asking her, interviewer was like asking her about these different parts of her bio. Um, and it just like, of what I know of this person, it felt like it really rang true of like, dude, you're involved, Alina's involved in so much cool stuff. Yeah. Um, and just like one of those, it feels like a really good poetry person. Nice. Um, I guess this is probably the point where I'd say this is the open door. Alina, if you ever want to be on the podcast, <laughs> like, like I fully trust that you would be a great interview. Um, and yeah, so I love this first poem. I'm about halfway through the book. Um, the first poem's felt a little bit too long for us to do on the show. So sure. let's find a, a slightly shorter one, but this is doing stuff that thrills me um, in a book that like I got from the library and I'm like, well, now I need to buy it. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards picking it up. Yeah. Something this one <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It, it rules. It, it, I have found lately, I really like these poems that do, or I guess I like in my own writing just so I can get some stuff on the page. Mm-hmm. Like, it is a series of couplets. Yeah. So it, it just kind of like, it like sets the terms of the poem almost a little bit mm. by having like the, the lines prearranged like that. Right. And the way just everything builds, like, like we we're talking, like it, it keeps going, keeps going. I feel like it's, it's just kind of leaning on stuff, leaning on st- like, like stacking images. And then all of a sudden we get to last week, I tried to lose a man in the gallery, but he kept <laughs> stands a break appearing Palm on my back to ask what I thought. I thought stands a break only of the lost capacity to ignore discord for carnal break, for for carnality's sake stands yeah. a break, yeah. and it's just like it really hits you of like the oh this is like really like as the poem's cascading we realize that the the speaker is like cascading towards this like realization, mm. um, and the way but then the way it's framed is like everything is so strange like the, the speaker is almost outside of their body as everything is like happening to them yeah you know like i'm trying to lose a man but it's also implied this is a partner right or like i'm trying to or like i don't realize i've become the fool in duroc yeah and, yeah you know, like that i don't realize that everyone is um is laughing at me until i'm like this can't be true like that's yeah I don't know, it's just it really works <laughs> it really, really really does the thing while we're on that um I'm sh- I feel like we've probably talked about this. My friend Abby, shout out Abby Bland, 
um, in the best way, loves to like put pressure. Um, you know, like so why is it in couplets? <laughs> you know, when I show her a poem. Sure. Yeah. Um, and it reminds me of uh, my first creative writing teacher at Loyola. Um, we've we've gone over this conversation. Yeah. It wasn't Josh. Blah blah blah. Who he was just like on a prose poem kick, and so we re- we read this prose poem and thought we we read from. We did not read enough of it, but whatever. Um, and he was on this like big pressure of like, can you justify every line break? Which I personally like don't believe you need to do. No. Um, but I would be love to hear your opinion. Like, what is it about couplets? Because they rule. It's clean. The, the <laughs> clean cleanliness. Okay. Um, and I like a poem that's scattered. Scattered shot across the page, all right. like caesuras and and um, indents and all that stuff, and usually mine end up looking that way. What I found I like so much about like couplets is like the the cleanliness. The if I put like ten ticks on a notebook paper, yeah, and make myself write ten lines, right. I at least got like some poem, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then if it like if the final product of a poem is nothing but couplets, it to me, reads very, like, sure of itself. Mm. And very, like, this is... I've written a lyric poem. Right. Here it is. Right, almost. right. Um, and maybe that's just what what it signals to me on the page. I don't know. I think... I don't think we talk enough about how much line breaks are vibes sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, like, if you're reading prose poems and you then want to be like, okay, now let's justify every line break or let's justify the use of this form... It's like how with chefs say you eat with your eyes first. Like, you look at a poem before you read it. And, like, you, you kind of take in the shape of it before you read it, mm. I think. And there's something about a short poem. This is two pages in the collection, but there's something about a short poem that is clean, short-line couplets that just feels really... It, it, it just announces itself well. Like, with, mm. with no pretension and no, like, uh, no fuss. It's The, the, the poem is um, the guy who comes to the party... Drinks his beers quietly, but anytime you talk to him, he's a great hang. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what, what about you? What, what's what's you couples took for that you? question so well. I don't know. I think that's why it interests me so much is I know I really enjoy writing in couplets. Sure. Because um, there's a way for me that that like sense of order that comes from couplets feels similar to there's no stanza breaks. But it also just like gives this little bit of space. Sure. Um, yeah. You know, and for me, like it's it's one of my probably overly leaned upon tricks is like take my you know single stanza poem, break it up into couplets, and just like see how that makes me feel different about it or what sure. else. Comes That's a to good life, move though. When you know, when you're editing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so, and I do like a good like I almost call them like run on poems, like a good long single stanza. Right. That just like it makes you read the whole thing, but then mm. like yeah, break it up into couplets and like you can still have that kind of like flow, just with the language you're using. Right. But um, it looks different on the page, which makes you feel different when you're reading. Exactly, it, it looks different. It like yeah, it causes a little bit more breath and space and like. Yeah. I think you're right. That single stanza dump of a poem. <laughs> Not at all the word I wanted to use. It just does force you to read it a certain way that I feel like is very different from like the order and like I said, the cleanness of couplets. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, again, I think probably going back to the why this poem is, um, I think this is 
better than Sapphire, right? Sure. But I feel a kinship. Yeah, this it's, it's one of those where you read it and you're like, oh, I want to write like this. Yeah. This makes me want to write. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a type of book. There's. I was just talking about this in my blog this morning about uh, Haley Piper's No Gods for Drowning. I was like, this is not a book I want to go write, but this is a book that I want to like, I'm, I'm like grateful for the experience of, and I'm like, I'm like in the world and I'm just like, oh yeah, I love it. But this isn't a book I want to go write myself. Sure, like, sure. There's different types of, right. types of writing. This yeah. is, this is a writing you feel like you're, yeah, with. Absolutely. Yeah, it's great. It's great. <laughs> um, so what's, what's, let's go deeper on that. What, uh, what's the move? What are you stealing from this poem? Um, this feels a little bit like a cop out because it is just like the whole thing. Sure. Um, but I think there is a like we kind of talked about this with the that that first announcement when the universe winks I wink back reflexively, um, but there's like a tightness in this poem of it's it's covering a thing yeah and it's not thinking about it in the most linear way right but it goes from like all right so we have. Thinking about uh, hearing the song Part-Time Lover in the Taxi and kind of like, I don't know, uh, theorizing that song or something, you know? Um, Or yeah, just thinking of its applicability, whether you agree with it or not. Right. Um, Yeah, I I love that whole moment. Um, Then going to the experience of playing this card game and how the rules of this card game or the experience of this card game loops back up to that opening sentiment. Yeah. Um, and then it comes back to this personal of t- the top of the second page. I mean, this is the happenstance of the book, but I love how the top of that page is. I haven't decided to leave you yet. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, what like, a first line right. on, the, on the fold. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I can envision it today. Um, so then it comes to this personal moment, um, of whatever's going on with the relationship. And then, you know, zooming in even more, Last week, I tried to lose a man at the gallery, which I read as a different man. Yeah, now that I'm reading again, I yeah. think it's, it's a different person. Right. It's, it's so close to the, I haven't decided to leave you yet. Right. It like, made me feel like an out-of-body thing. But, sure. Yeah. I could also imagine, ne- never underestimate the depravity of men. I could imagine a strange man at the art gallery just walking up to her. And, right. Yeah. Right. Um, I do. I love the whole sentiment of that that portion. Like, it's... What is the word I want to use? But I don't know, there's something so great about like, all right, I'm on a date or I'm meeting someone for the first time. I met someone there and I'm just like, nope, I'm done. We're going to try and dip. <laughs> and like the awfulness and like the, and, you know, it I'm sure rings true to many folks listening to this of like, oh, he kept showing yeah. up. Um, I'm losing my, you know, I'm, I'm getting in the weeds here, but that, just that movement, you know, of like, one moment thinking about the song, thinking in the past of the card game, current moment of my relationship and this other guy at the gallery, um, and then back to the card game um, in such small space. You know, yeah. like, this is... You're getting at something really cool with the, about this poem, which is there is a definite aboutness to this poem. Right. But it doesn't... It doesn't linger so long that it becomes obvious. It doesn't, mm. it doesn't stick with the same single linear line of thinking yeah. um, that makes you sort of able to guess the next move. You can't right. guess the next move this poem. Right. Um, which is like, whenever people, 
people like to say, well, like contemporary poetry, like what's it about or whatever, like, you know, I don't get what this poem is about or trying to do or something like that. When a poem is like, when the aboutness is so obvious that it becomes like frustrating or, or like not fun to read, that doesn't mean that a poem can't be about something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it just, it, it just means like, have a second thought. That's my refrain with poetry. Ooh, like, that's good. You know, ha- write a line, then have a second thought, right? And, and then have a third thought, right? You know, and that's what this poem does. So like you're saying, it goes places. It it, it it connects the game with the universe, with the museum, with the with the with the taxi drive, and um, yeah, we we know what this poem's about, but it's it's doing so many different things. You're still guessing line to line. Mm. I was I was mishearing you, but I like this idea of. I was thinking of the reader, asking a reader to have a second thought, you know, like you are reading a poem, don't just like trust that like your first thing is like what it's about. It's like, give yourself a chance to like linger on that and like think of what else is going on here. Right. Um, But yeah, if I could summarize the move, I think there's just like a, there's an elegance and like a swiftness um, to how this poem is, yeah literally about several experiences yeah. you know that are also about this bigger thematic thing yeah um, that's what i was getting at with the cascading right yeah 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 yeah. Uh-huh. yeah i do feel like it's, it's it's sort of becoming a cliche for us to say that the move is the last line so i'm not going to say that about this poem <laughs> but the last stanza there of um as i squinted as i squinted to determine whether it's an whether stanza break it's an illusion, as if knowing alters the outcome, mm. is a banger of a last line. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, like, <laughs> as if naming the world changes anything about it. Right. It's definitely something I've worked on in therapy a whole bunch. It's like, I can't identify my problems, so they sneak up on me, and then like that like makes me like go nuts or whatever. And so now I've gotten really good at identifying, oh, I'm depressed. Oh, today's going to suck. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> not much I can do about it except know that it's happening and then you know <laughs> right right um yeah and maybe this is like saying a double move but there's something so good here about I don't have any experience with this card game I didn't know what the word dura meant going into it um, it essentially does mean like means fool. Which, sure. You know, yeah, I assumed it yeah. was yeah something. Yeah, I like I can know the card game without. It. Right. I feel like that like was done so well. Of, like yeah. just gives me enough to know. But that concept of like within the game, you might be able to figure out that you're losing, but there's nothing you can do about it. And just the way that that can transfer over to so many parts of my life. Yeah. Absolutely rocks. Oh man. Maybe this is better served for Beyond the Page, but have you ever been in a relationship that went on a little bit too long and then you didn't know that it was going on a little bit too long until you were out of it? And you're mm. like, I feel kind of stupid now. Because I've <laughs> been in a few of those. It's like, oh, I should have seen this. Right. Right. Uh, the trouble is, uh, Bobby was getting out of things. Oh, sure. <laughs> Bobby was like, mm, nope. <laughs> Vibes aren't right here. <laughs> so I'm so non-confrontational. I just never want to break up with anybody. And then it's like, oh, man. <laughs> Not that I dated anyone before my wife, obviously. You know? Never did. Incredible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> really perfect, perfect record as a Christian here. Just, just me and my wife. That's it. 
Uh, is there anything else for move? Is there anything else you want to highlight? Um, I think we can keep rolling. Cool. Let's. I already segued this to be on the page. You so did. Yeah, I said you were you were right there. Um. I didn't feel prepared to answer this. Oh no! When we started, not surprising. Your dad's not gonna like this episode. <laughs> Shout out to dad. Um. But what is a little bit coming to my? I guess like part of it is like it feels. Um, I don't know, like not doing justice to the poem or the book to kind of speak a little bit to kind of what's flowing across this book is, is Alina is making sure I get this right in the bio, a Russian immigrant. Um, but someone who, you know, my understanding is, you know, immigrated when they're really young. Sure. Um, and so this, a lot of this collection is about that experience of, you know, dissonance. Sure. Um, from being in some ways very American. Sure. Um, you know, um, and in some ways not at all. And yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, dissonance always kind of rings interestingly to me um, as, so I'm what, second generation on my mom's side. Yeah. Um, and I was just home a couple weeks ago spending time with my grandmother. She's 97. Shout out to Oma. Um, and I, I, I'll, I like spend a lot of time, you know, thinking about like what on earth the world <laughs> Right, like, what it looked like. To, to, you brought her up on the podcast. Yeah, I love talking about before. her. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah, and I love, I don't know, poems like that. I think it's, I think a lot too about, you know, my mother's perspective on all that stuff. Sure. Um, you know, I, yeah, all of that rings so interesting to me. There's, it's not in this poem. There's something else I, I would dig through the book. I know I'm not going to do it well. There's this moment where she just talks about like, you know, members of her family speaking of immigration and you know, immigration issues, like, almost, like, leaving out your own family's experience. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and the way that changes. Um, I feel like I'm totally uh, opaque right here. Sure. But that comes from not being prepared. <laughs> uh, as my students very well know, well, I don't tell them this, but I truly, the number one thing about my, my teaching style is, like, I know I'm good when I'm prepared. Boy, when I, I am not ready to wing it. <laughs> Well, I do think um, what you what you're talking about with like that feeling of um, the the strangeness of immigration sometimes feeling a part of a part a part of a culture and not a part of a culture. Yeah, like it it it's in this poem a lot of like, right of of yeah, like not knowing if if you're the if you're the the Dura or, <laughs> um, and, and and then like trying squinting and trying to determine if like the reality you're perceiving around you is real. And, yeah. Like, really, it, it does there is an out of placeness to that so I could see that right um, being in the uh, being in the collection one of the ways I think also too that she kind of enacts this uh, that is very clear in this poem is um, you know thinking about part-time lover while thinking about this card game that you know a, a truly American reader is not necessarily going to be familiar with right, right. Um, and this is a yeah a super shout out to Alina of I think I am always a little bit skeptical of some like pop culture shout outs. Mm -hmm. Very, very effective here. Sure. Both the choices, like yeah. I can feel, they feel very legit, <laughs> you know, they feel sincere. Right. Um, and also like, I think how they're being used in the poems feels like intentional um, and smart. And yeah, I don't yeah. know. Again, uh, this is one where I'm not just gushing over the poem. I'm gushing over the book. Um, we'll give the shout out. This is Tosca, Alina Pleskova. From Deep Vellum Press. Deep Vellum. I'm not familiar with Deep Vellum. Um, they do good stuff. Yeah. I'm trying to think about anything else I know on them. 
It's got a great cover. It's a gorgeous cover. Yeah. Um, nope, they don't have their list of other recent books, but... I probably have some deep Ellen books on my Somewhere. Just yeah, somewhere. thought about it. Yeah. Um, I'm not done, but I'm excited to finish this. Nice. Um, and now I will stop rambling. It's a good plug for the book. You sold me on the book. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Our job isn't to sell books, but... Kind of is. Kind of, you know. Yeah, yeah. I want I want people to listen to our podcast and buy books. Right, yeah. right. And, and yeah, you know, we're not... I feel like we... Maybe, we, I don't know if we ever discussed, like, we're not going to bring stuff on the pod to tear it apart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think, know if we ever had to discuss it. I, just I, think, yeah, I don't think that would be the part of our project at all if we even wanted to. Right. I think maybe we did that when we did uh, uh, Poems from the Canon. <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, that was, that was so long ago. Yeah, that was a long time ago. And all those people are dead now, including us. <laughs> uh, there was some Twitter discourse yesterday about uh, how you write about dead people. Um, I don't want to get into it, but I just this did cross my feed, and I was like, nope, not engaging. <laughs> about how I write about this? No, generally how people. Oh, yeah, oh, like, oh, yeah, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know, irreverent DFW or. Yeah, David Foster Wallace uh, yeah. review. I don't know. Oh, whatever. Something, something, something. I'm not gonna wait into that. No, don't. Not worth it. Not here. Not worth it. <laughs> yeah, definitely not here. <laughs> uh, you got a poem. I do have a poem. I'm pulling out my book. I hope the mic is picking it up. I'm seeing if I can find. I took my pen on the desk. I was gonna save the poem, but it apparently didn't. Let's find the picture. I texted you this poem like four or five months ago. Right. I got it. Did it. All right, so I'm reading um, Up Nursing by Hua Wen, whose name I'm always hoping I'm pronouncing correctly, which is a theme for me. I feel like that's like every poet, is I'm always hoping I'm pronouncing their name correctly, but whatever. <laughs> this is, um, oh yeah, we're not going to intro things anymore. We're just going to read the poem. This is <laughs> Up Nursing by Hua Wen from the collection Hakate Lokia, which I also hope I'm pronouncing correctly. Up Nursing. Up Nursing then make tea. The word war is far. Furry, says my boy about the cat. I think anthrax and smallpox vax. Pour hot water on dried nettle, nettles. Filter more water for the kettle. Why try to revive the lyric? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> I'm thrilled for the change of pace here. This poem rips. This book... <laughs> Ripped me apart when yeah. I read it in April. Um, I read this first in undergrad. Okay. Um, and love, I, I liked it back then. I didn't really know what to do with it back then. Mm-hmm. But I'm a parent now. <laughs> this book is incredible. People are probably yelling at their podcast right now, but Hecate Lokia. Hecate is the goddess of something, uh, something nuts. And then Lokia is like something that comes out of you when you're giving birth. Um, and so this book is full of like the viscera of motherhood, Mm. um, slash parenting. Right. Um, there's plenty of poop and dads change diapers too. (laughs) (laughs) If you couldn't tell, this is from the early aughts, uh, thinking about anthrax and smallpox vaccines and stuff. Um, it is interesting to read books of poetry from leftists in the early aughts and see yeah. how much things haven't changed yeah. very much. Yeah, um, uh, But yeah, this, this poem speaks to me so much. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, you might have basically answered the, the why this poem, but I, before that, uh, what press is on? What year is this? Uh, this is on Hot Whiskey Press in, I want to say 2006. Let me see. 2009. 2009. Okay, okay. Yeah. Hot Whiskey Press. I am not familiar. From uh, Prague. Oh. Yeah. That would explain why I'm not familiar. We're up a thousand copies in the USA. Dang. That rules. It looks... I'm trying to find if they're still active. I don't need to be doing this right now on the pod, but... <laughs> Speaking um, of preparation. <laughs> uh, yeah, I so yeah, you, you sent me this weeks ago. I did the prep then, and then I didn't follow through on the prep. Yeah, we, we had a couple of couple of cool interviews that took, took press. Turns out. We, oh, that's the thing. I saved the image, and then I moved it backwards in my photos thing. That's so frustrating. All right. Um, anything else you want to say on why this particular poem? Um, why try to revive the lyric is kind of a rallying cry, because uh, the whole poem is about, like, parenting. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, your kid who can, like, <laughs> barely uh, uh, articulate what a cat is, <laughs> <laughs> and, and war is going on, but it's too early to think about it. Why try to revive the lyric? Because, because lyrics rule. And it, I read this, I read this is the first book in the, the first poem in the book, the first, the proem of the collection. And I was like, that's, I, I, don't, I, I know you never want to do Ars Poetica stuff, and I, I never do either because I barely know what it is. But I always want to do Ars Poetica stuff. <laughs> oh, you always want to do Ars Poetica that stuff. <laughs> um, but why try to revive the lyric is like a rallying cry for me. Um, I've been thinking about this poem almost every day since I read it. I, <laughs> when, I, when I read it this time around, I immediately like wrote it in my doc of yeah. like working poems so that I could English to English translate it right. into a poem yeah, yeah. which is a, a thing I like to do when I really like a poem is like do an English to English translation and then from there write my own poem kind yeah, of thing right. so like uh, I, I was like I, I relate to this so much with like mm. the world is a nightmare parenting is really difficult let's just write some poems <laughs> <laughs> so so, yeah. so that's so interesting. I, like, I'm worried I'm going to get ahead of us by asking this question, but like you basically pointed it there. The tone on that final, li- that final two lines, it's why try line break to revive the lyric. Um, no question marker. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like on my first reading, it, that felt more pessimistic to me. I think it might be pessimistic. Okay. I think it might. I don't, I'm not saying the the speaker of the poem has the sure. same reading of their own words as I do. Right. That's fair. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I think my specific twists and turns in life and the various high and low points I've hit um, have led me to be at where where I'm at with the world is everything is difficult and hard. Let's write some poems. Okay. Fair. Fair. Okay. Uh, but that's just kind of my mentality with everything. Right. Like, fuck it, let's go bowling. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I have a hunch we might circle back around to some of that. But what's the move? The move is how short it is. <laughs> <laughs> the move is that it's a lyric poem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, short poems are not my strength. I said in our interview with Maya uh, when they said that their strength was uh, crispness in writing. I really have been trying to implement that yeah. with my stuff. Um, that's part of why I do the English to English translations of, especially of shorter sure. poems like this, is to like keep myself writing short. How short it is! It's a lyric poem. It by the by the last line, you you see how tired and frustrated the speaker yeah, is. Yeah, for sure. 
um, you get everything. It's 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 like the like the last poem. There's an aboutness to it, but like you, um, it doesn't mean there's a single thought. Absolutely, know? it doesn't mean yeah. there's a single linear thought, and it just it's. I don't know. I'm not like I see other people on Twitter be like, "What's a poem that made you feel this?" or "What do you read when you need this?" Yeah, and I don't really have that with poems. I just sure. kind of read books. This is a poem I think about a lot. This right. is a poem that if I were Stephen Furlong, I'd like cut out and put on my wall and stuff. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. How short it is is the move because it 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 literalizes what it wants to do. Yeah. On that exact note, I was just thinking that of um, part of what's so impressive to me here. Literalizing is a good word. It's a good good way of thinking of it. But um, the the brevity the it's not just the brevity of the lines but like the directness of the lines feels like such a like enactment of how you're thinking yeah as a parent so tired because <laughs> there's nothing there's nothing thrilling about the the, the, the opener up nursing yeah yeah up win <laughs> It could be any hour. I'm right, in. right. I'm sorry for the creaking chair. My cat is tapping me on the foot and asking to be petted, which is what she likes to do. Love. He lives in the house. I do love, too, it's a subtle thing, but, like, up nursing, and then it's just, like, space. It's the only place in the poem where mm-hmm. there's, like, a little bit of extra white space on a single line. You know, like you said, that could be about the time. It could be about just, like, the deep breath needed <laughs> after that. Yeah, like, there's this, like, exhaustion of, like, up-nursing, and, like, the next thing is then make tea. (laughs) It's this directive. I've got to do this next. I'm reading this. The the first stanza reads to me as up-nursing, and it's, like, 4 a.m., sejura, then make tea, and that's, like, 5.30. I know it doesn't take an hour and a half to nurse a but, you know. (laughs) And the word war is far, and that's, like, turning on the news at 6 or whatever. Right, right. I don't watch the news, but I assume people in 2009 did. (laughs) Um, that line too, I, we probably could break down how the, the, like the short and directness of every line, the word war is far, feels like loaded there. There's a lot to go in there. Yeah. Um, because the word itself is far, you know, maybe it's, you know, it's far from your mind. Um, you know, I don't know where this writer is writing from, but like the, the war itself could be physically far away. Um, you know, it's not this, like, immediate threat to you, but also, like, even if it's far away, you are thinking about it. It is on your mind. Um, there's Yeah, there's work going on there, even though it's such a small, quick moment. Right. Yeah, I was checking her uh, her bio, because I, I was trying to remember it. Yeah, she was, she was born in Saigon in okay. 1967, but grew up in D.C. Ah, right. Um, and I think I've read elsewhere, like, came to the United States, like, really, like, before age three or something. Okay, like, really right. Young. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess I'm reading it as a United States writer, right? Thinking about the Iraq War, right? Just because of time and place, yeah. But like, I, I feel like there's a big thing that didn't really get talked about enough then. Still, maybe doesn't get talked about enough now. But like, how far away? Like the the Iraq War really felt like a war where, or feels like a war where it's like, um, there wasn't a draft, so it's like there we don't necessarily see like people coming home the way we did in Vietnam or yeah. two and stuff like that or like and just the the farness of of the war itself the farness of like 
its connection to like the seeming problems we were trying to solve right. kind of thing. Yeah. But then like and then if you're in the United States, I think like during the Iraq war there's definitely a sense of like if you're in a certain class you don't have to think about the war as much uh, if you don't Absolutely. Want to. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you're not if you're not one of the poor kids that the recruiters are targeting at the high school lunch tables like Right. You know, you're not going to get drafted. You're probably you're going to be fine. Right. You know? Right. Uh, and, uh, so that's where I read it. I don't know if that's right. For sure. Um, I also read it as like, as a new parent, you're worried about the war, mm-hmm. but you also have more immediate worries. Like when yeah. you're a new parent, like, you, you simultaneously think about the big problems of the world is like, I think there is like a, a definite, like, how could I bring a child into this world? Mm-hmm. Which I think you can say any time throughout human history, because there are always problems. Right. And then, but also... I can't think about a war right now. I've got to change a diaper and like, yeah, yeah. you know, nurse and you know that sort of thing. Right. So I, that's where it's going with me. I don't for know. sure. Yeah, but no, I mean, I think that yeah, that line for me embodies a lot of what you're talking about, like the shortness of this poem being the move. You know, yeah. yeah. Oof. Oof. Um. Unless you want to focus on any more specific moments. I don't think so. I think, uh, I think that does get into, and again, probably we've already circled this quite <laughs> a bit, uh, beyond the page. What's this poem doing for you? Uh, I haven't, so the, the manuscript I'm working on, I have, I have two manuscripts that are right now exist as like Google Docs files where I just dump lines yeah. <laughs> and uh, will eventually shape into poems. But I, I have two of those right now. I haven't decided on... This the, my English translation of this poem being this one or the, or another one I've written being the poem to that manuscript, but it 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 feels like such a this poem feels like such an anthem for my life that it feels like it should really inform one of the manuscripts yeah, I'm working on. Right. So beyond the page, I'm like, I'm almost like monitoring this poem. Like cool. I just I'm thinking yeah. about it so much, and like I said, this like fuck it, let's write some poems. It's it's my outlook on like most <laughs> of life at this point. Yeah. It's like. Because I do still have my kids, uh, four, almost five. Um, I do still have, like, you know, I'm not changing diapers anymore, but I have the immediate problems of, like, he can't feed himself. Like, he certainly tries. He gets in the pantry, gets in the refrigerator, but, you know, I have to feed him, you know. Um, And we do live in a a miserable time in the world where there's disease and war and, and income inequality and all that stuff. But I can't, like... I can't focus on those big problems because it, it takes me away of, like, the immediate problem of, like, raising a good son. Yeah. Um, and, like, being not just a good role model, but also someone he wants to be around. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, and and I, I am a firm believer that, like, there, there's a lot of stuff that's out of your control in life. But if you've got a certain amount of means, which I feel like living in the United States of America, a lot of us do, you're... There, there is a certain point where you, you kind of have to choose to make your life what you're going to make it mm. and like I think about things like war I think about <laughs> disease and vaccines and tea <laughs> and I just say fuck it let's write some poems <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah it's beyond the page it's, it's like yeah this is like tattooed in my brain I love that I love that but why should we try to revive Valyrie? <laughs> I think about this Literally almost every time I read a book of poems, yeah. when I get to about page like 55, I'm like, even if I'm loving the book, I'm like, what are we really doing here? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I think, 
because I stopped to think about this, think this thought with a smile on my face. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. because the poems are cool. Because for, it's for so sure. fun. For it's sure. Revived. Because I look at my, I'm, I'm staring at my, my shelf of, po- of books of poems and I'm thinking about all the people I don't recommend them to because I know that right liking poetry is a weirdo thing. Yeah. And I, it just makes me like poetry more. Like, yeah, it's a little weirdo thing and if you get it, you get it and it's cool and if you don't get it, that's fine and the books are cool. Let's revive the lyric. <laughs> Lyrics are great. Does the lyric need to be revived? No, because it never died. It never went anywhere. Maybe in the 80s. I could keep putting pressure on this question. I love again, and there's not even a question mark. I don't know. If there's not a question. It might not even be a question. The lack of punctuation rules. It Ugh. could just mean that she doesn't want to go to work that morning. <laughs> uh, that ribs. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's this poem. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, I could go on and on about the collection. I will recommend the collection because it does. Like we were talking about, these these themes fold on each other, and like, for sure, you know, there's 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 parenting, and there's there's the catastrophe of the Bush administration, and this poem right. and stuff, and um, uh, it's there's super gross stuff, which I really love. Um, it's <laughs> it's great, it's great. Uh, read it if you're not a parent, and you'll never have kids. Read it if you're a parent, and you'll love it. <laughs> Hecate Logia, Hecate Logia, whatever, by Huawen rules. We're just selling books today. We're selling books. <laughs> selling books. <laughs> I'm just like imagining like the affiliate, like, you know, if you're like a website and you like link to like a product on Amazon or whatever, mm-hmm. you get like money and stuff. Yeah. You wouldn't get that from small presses. No. <laughs> small presses are not funding this podcast. <laughs> Shout out to the Hot anyways. Whiskey Press. Right. And <laughs> here's your two cent cut. <laughs> Of the one copy of the book that we sold based on your podcast. <laughs> and then everyone gets in the gets on our Twitter and is like, You guys are bought up. <laughs> Sell out. Wow, we sold out. <laughs> Shills. Yeah. Um, on that note, we should get to the basketball question. Speaking of preparation, I don't have one prepared. Um, I was thinking a consequence of parenting mm-hmm. is I don't follow the offseason anymore. Oh. I, I can't. Yeah. I can't keep it all in my head. If a team signs a player, I'm like, he's not going to fit. But it's like, I'm picturing the team from last year. Like, if right, right. Team signs, I don't know, uh, James Harden, and I don't realize they'd already just gotten rid of Russell Westbrook or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, there's right. overlap there or whatever. You know, like, right. so. Uh, so I don't have a basketball question except to say, is there anything... As an adult, I say as a parent, I've had to sacrifice oh. following the off-season. Is there anything as an adult that you've had to sacrifice from your sports fandom in general? Oh. We're pretty big basketball fans. Right. But like, I don't follow other leagues as much because I work for a living. You know, <laughs> like, that was, like, I don't follow hockey anymore because I'm not a kid. <laughs> <laughs> that was my immediate thought was the way that, um, and I, I am skeptical I don't know, to port my, to paint myself anyway as, like, I was such a big sports guy. But I, I grew up in, like, a household where just ESPN was on a lot. Your dad has ESPN on all yeah, the Yeah, yeah. I mean, my dad. My dad will watch pretty much any sporting event that is on, you know. If, if he's ready to watch something, he's doing you know, whatever yeah. it is. And your dad, my dad has a superpower where he, like, he does his work during baseball games. <laughs> like, he'll just sit there and be watching a baseball game, and I'll never see him look at the TV. He'll be, like, looking, like, be, like, reading something or, like, typing or, like, reviewing something. And he just, he looks up and he's like, 
provides like perfect commentary on like right. the pitching change in the middle of the sixth or whatever. And I'm just like, you weren't paying attention to that game. <laughs> and the like whatever medical journal you're reviewing right now. <laughs> um I feel like I don't think my dad certainly has in quite a while done quite that. But um that does just remind me of you know, my my dad would talk about like listening to baseball games on the radio as a kid. Sure. And that still I feel like was how we yeah, I think he would be on his computer and, and maybe you know, maybe we didn't have the cable channel or whatever, but yeah, would have Except to listen radio, to a game. Yeah. And just how that is such a skill that I do not yeah, I can't, I can't listen to podcasts while I work. Ooh, like, yeah. If I'm typing. Like I listen to podcasts when I'm doing like menial tasks. Sure. Like, the dishes. There's so. a general though, like radio sports I can't process it that way. Oh yeah, like you the know? images thing. Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, that's uh-huh. hard for me too. Like, right. Basketball is impossible. Agreed. Yeah. Um, but I was saying, I was thinking how there was a time where I feel like I just kind of knew what was going on in all the sports. Everywhere. Yeah. Right. Um, and at this point, it's just like, I don't, I don't have time for that. <laughs> <laughs> or, or a desire to really either. Sure. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but it is a lot to keep in your head. And if it is like. Like I said, I don't follow hockey because I'm not a kid anymore. What I meant by that was, like, I had the capacity to follow two leagues during the same season. Yeah, yeah. When I was a kid. Right. And, um, but even now I'm like, do I want to fill my head with the rosters of every NBA team? Right. Which is preloaded. It's yeah. already there. Yeah. <laughs> and the ins and outs of the NHL. <laughs> and then, when all that's over, immediately switch over to baseball, right. which has already been going on for a couple months. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. As our, our friends know, I... Stand by for me. Baseball season doesn't start till the NBA season's over. Right. Um, and even then, I just I don't pay that much attention to base. I I go to games, but I don't. Right. I love my like yeah. every few weeks. Like, oh, what are the standings? You yeah, know? that's <laughs> like, me. Like, yeah. what's going on in baseball? Um, or I love you know. I mean, I think I have a lot that I could say about why I don't care about college basketball. Sure. But I did used to really care. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, you think what's what's one of the funnier memories for me was, uh, you know. Jordan's last Bulls season, it was either that year, right around there, was when North Carolina had Vince Carter and Anton Jameson on the Yeah, team. it was right, I remember the Vince Carter. Yeah, and I was like, teams, yeah. I was just as invested in that team I as I was. Team. I loved that team. It was so sick. And now, like, the thought of, like, keeping up with what's going on in college basketball, you know, again, like, I have other reasons why I don't want to touch that, but also right. just, like, you're talking about turnover every every year. You know? <laughs> like, I very quickly as a kid, because, yeah, like, uh, uh, same same thing, like, just knew what everything was going, everything that was going on. Had Sports Illustrated for kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, read the sports section of the newspaper. Right. So I always knew what the standings were for everything. Um, but with college, I very quickly as a kid was like, I can't get into these rosters mm-hmm. because they're new people every yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. And then I would get frustrated because, like, guys who are really good in college aren't necessarily good in the pros. Yep, yep. Like, yeah, and I, so many of my favorite like, college quarterbacks were bad NFL quarterbacks. <laughs> and then Peyton Manning, I hated University of Tennessee, even yeah. though I lived there, um, was like really good. And I was like, this doesn't make sense. Like, <laughs> so, I don't even follow football at all anymore. Right, <laughs> right. Um, but it happened in the NBA too. Like I remember, um, I, I knew Elton Brand was good. I didn't think he was the best player on those those Duke teams. It was yeah. Trajan Langdon who right. played like two seasons in the NBA and then you know, went to Russia for a while and is now as a GM. Actually, he's a GM now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, so. Right. Um, the, there's a parallel happening in my head 
that I'm gonna like try and explain on the fly. So this will be sloppy, but how I have a similar thought to you of I you know yeah, of like one the basketball stuff, there's a lot of it already there. So I don't need to clear out space in my head for that. I can, I can right. keep doing that with the NBA. Um, but I look back to on how much I still have in my head from like the NFL in 1998. Sure. Like, and it's yeah. like, I don't even like, I didn't even really like football back then. Right. But we played enough video games. And it was video games. About, video games really helped. It. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so now at this point in time, I wonder if it's going to pick up the train. It's definitely going to pick up the train. The train. Someone's shutting off the podcast right now. That is a metro train. Right. And it is right outside my window. Or not right outside. It's down the block. Right. It's basically right outside and there's no getting around it. (laughs) But it does feel like at this point in my life, there's almost this like, obviously when I'm like online and screwing around, I don't think about it that closely, but it does feel like there's almost an exact like, I could pay attention to baseball, or maybe I could think a little bit more about poetry stuff. I could read you some know? more. Yeah, I, I could read yeah. some more. I could, um, you know, and, and maybe another layer to this is I'm, like, impressed with, you know, someone like you who, you, you know, you're writing both poetry and fiction, and, like, at least on some level keeping up with both those things. I think about how younger me, you know, bright English major me, did really care about the contemporary novel. Sure. Um, and at this point, it's just like... It's, I, I blame that purely on um that's that's my like um I, I don't want to use this term because it's ever loaded, but like the 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 writer's ADHD. Sure. Like I'm always looking at the next project. Right, you know? right. Like whenever I read one thing, I want to read something immediately like different right away. Yeah. You know, like I frequently will like find a novel and a book of poetry to pair mm, with like similar mm-hmm. themes yeah. just so I can read something long and then read something short. Right. <laughs> right. But yeah, that's that's just my own I was like this with uh, genres of music when I was mm, writing a lot of music right, too it's yeah. like I never right now I'm working on an album that's like more punk and then another album that's more jazz yeah. I just that's just my stupid brain <laughs> can't focus uh, I, I was just I did just I won't shout it out because they'll get some credit online elsewhere but I did just uh, read a novel um, you know and it, yeah it was kind of just like I knew of the person knew of the press I was getting it through the library, so I didn't feel like, you know, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll get this. And it was really fun. I really enjoyed it. But I also, like, had the thought of, like, I feel like there's probably other stuff like this that I just don't know about. Sure. Because I'm not, you know, I'm not uh, keeping up with the off-season of, <laughs> of contemporary fiction. <laughs> um, one thing I'll say about contemporary novels is so many of them, you can get so much good stuff mm-hmm. that you can just, like, breeze through and then like you don't even have to like you don't have to think any deeper about it at all if you mm. don't want to even though right. there's stuff there there's there's so many novels I've read this year by authors I really love who who wrote deep novels and wrote like really put together stuff I'm thinking specifically of like uh, I was just showing you Mercy Crane's novel yeah. after my exoskeletons myself and uh, Sylvia Moreno Garcia's novel uh, Mexican Gothic in that like both are all the things you want in a good novel are there right. all the stuff is there but they also are just like by by being written in our contemporary language, yeah, and by being like interesting and cool and fun, you can just read them in like three days and have fun. Uh, that's yeah. the the one thing I do love about novels is like, if you, if that's the experience you want to want to have, you can make it a movie. You know, you can just make it like a movie you just watched, and you're like, right. cool, I'm glad I saw that. You know, right? that's a funny point for me because I was thinking as you said that I was like, wait, maybe grad school did break my ability to read fiction. <laughs> so I'm thinking of one class in particular where. 
a lot of what we read was these novels that were like an excuse for the author to practice some theory stuff. Ben Lerner, I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> and I simultaneously like really enjoyed it and also was like, this is awful. <laughs> I don't know if I want that or completely hate that in a novel, but I feel like I do pick up a book and I'm, there's a part of my mind that's like looking for that. It's like, oh, what is the theoretical backbone that this author is playing with? <laughs> <laughs> I have this weird thing with, uh, with genre novels that I read um, where... I don't know what put this in my brain. Something from the the primordial soup of like internet culture. Yeah. Put me in. Put this in my brain of like, be on the lookout if the main character is like a um, a uh, uh, just like an automatic superhero. Mm, right. Like, um, yeah. There's there's terms for it. Like Mary Sue is the yeah, one. Yeah. Physical, and then there's there's one for men. Um, but yeah, there's there's terms for this where like everyone you just like, it's like clearly wish fulfillment being yeah. written or something like right. that. Maybe it's just that, that that drives me nuts if I feel like I can spot it. Sure. Um, so I'm like, I'm like thinking about that kind of stuff and I'm like, read what's on the page. This is like a really cool character yeah. who is like, you know, in a nutso haunted house with a sea monster right now or something like that. You know, like, it's like sometimes I, I have my, my, I always have my critical brain on because I blog about the books I write, but like, sometimes I just take a step back and I'm just like, I don't even this this character just rules this novel. Look what look what just happened. Like I just read a book yeah. where, you know, <laughs> a god absorbed enough blood through their skin that they got like resurrected out of a piece of coral stone and then came to a town that was being flooded. And it was sick. It was so awesome. I was like, there's stuff going on here, but I'm just gonna I'm just reading the words right now. This is so cool. Yeah. Um so novels. Uh not novels can still have that pride. Sure, sure. Uh primal joy to them that's mm. really fun yeah. but I've started to get that out of poetry too like if like I was saying earlier like if if a, if a book of poetry is just like if I'm getting to a point where I'm like what's happening here I don't know but it's cool it's not right. a bad place to be with a book that's fair yeah. wow what a place to end on primal joy primal joy a primal joy of a slam dunk <laughs> primal joy of a good piece of fiction or a great collection of poems so, sometimes sometimes you just want to want to windmill dunk <laughs> of a novel the primal joy of a July day in Chicago oh baby it's that great. lake it's a color it's a color it's yeah. a, you, you never even seen anything like it don't put your toes in it okay <laughs> that might be what I do next perfect <laughs> our music is done by Brennan Johnson our art is done by A.M. Strickland and we'll talk to y'all next month